You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our throwback review of the 1999 film, The Sixth Sense. You know the accident there? Yeah. Someone got hurt. They did? A lady. She broke her neck. Oh my god, but you can see her? Yes. Where is she? Standing next to my window. talk to your mom about how things are i don't tell her things why not because she doesn't look at me like everybody else and i don't want her to i don't want her to know know what things for them. I think that they know that you're one of these very rare people who can see them. So you need to help them. What if they don't want to help? I don't think that's the way it works. How do you know for sure? Is anyone there? All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for The Sixth Sense, and the story is as follows. Young Cole Seer is haunted by a dark secret. He is visited by ghosts. Cole is frightened by visitations from those with unresolved problems who appear from the shadows. He is too afraid to tell anyone about his anguish, except child psychologist Dr. Malcolm Crow. As Dr. Crow tries to uncover the truth about Cole's supernatural abilities, the consequences for client and therapist are a jolt that awakens them both to something unexplainable. The film is starring Bruce Willis, Tony Collette, Olivia Williams, and Haley Joel Osment. It is written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Joining me for this special throwback review here on the Next Best Picture podcast, I have Josh Parm. Hello, hello. And Dan Bayer. I do not see dead people. I don't either. No, <laughs> never have, well, never will. Well, I got a secret to tell. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, my secret is that last time I saw The Sixth Sense was definitely in the early 2000s. I'd say maybe around the 2002 or three time period. So it's been well over 15 years since I have revisited M. Night Shyamalan's debut feature film. And we're revisiting this because it was voted on by the Next Best Picture community to tie into his latest film, Glass. I have to say, I felt like I was watching this movie for the first time, you know, with such a long gap in between watches. Mm -hmm. And 
there's a lot of stuff in it that I appreciate, and I definitely caught some flaws as well. I don't think I'm going to be in the enthusiastic, oh my god, this is a masterpiece, you know, type of mood for this review here. But I'm curious to know what you two think. So I'd like to know the backstory, the context first of your first viewing, and then tell me what you thought on this newest viewing of The Sixth Sense. Josh Parham, let's start off with you. Well, like you, Matt, it had been a very long time since I had last seen this film. And actually, I would say probably since around the time it came out was when I last saw this movie. Oh, you saw it in theaters? Well, I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it very very shortly after its home video release so around like 2000 is probably when i first saw this movie and have not watched it in its entirety since so close to 20 years now at this point it was wow. the last time i saw this film so i had an even fresher perspective watching it this second time and i do agree with you that there are definitely some faults in the film and i think particularly in the beginning you really get to see some of that kind of wonky dialogue and questionable acting choices that you see later on in Shyamalan's films. I think oh, it's yeah. very, very present at the very beginning of the film. But as it goes on, I did appreciate how much time it took to really establish itself as a character study and really downplayed actually many of its supernatural elements so that you really just got to focus in on these two characters at the center. And I really appreciated that and when it does start to ramp up more of the ghost story elements i think those are particularly well done and while it gets into some pacing issues at times i still find those moments to be very effective and especially with the performances so it's not a perfect movie and it might be a little overhyped you know considering the time that it's been out but i think it's a really solid effort and definitely should be looked at as one of his better movies in his filmography. Well, when you compare it to the rest of his filmography, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. that's saying necessarily, but, <laughs> but, but. Not a whole lot of competition. <laughs> we'll, we'll give a bit of leeway there. Dan, what about you? So I did see this when it first came out in theaters. Ooh, um, nice. Unspoiled. And uh, at the time, I absolutely loved it i thought it was fantastic we were i mean this was it came out in 1999 i was 15 years old and like everybody was talking about this movie like you can't i mean everyone was talking about this more so than get out or black panther or any of the other marvel movies like this was the thing everyone saw this and everyone was talking about it. And even people who hadn't seen it knew. And I, I saw it again, not right when it came out on home video, but like not that long after. And I've seen it a couple other times over the years, but not all the way through. Um, and I just watched it again, like right before we sat down to record this. Like I'm most of the way through, um, and I still love it. Um, I think a lot, lot of people sort of unfairly criticize this movie for the twist, which 
I mean, I think you, if you were able to figure it out early on in the movie, you know, congratulations to you. You're well, I, I will say about that actually, just really quickly, because I, I, I don't criticize the movie for the twist. And I say this because I do put myself in the perspective on this uh, latest viewing. I, I watched it this time around with the perspective of, all right, I know what the twist is, but I want to try and watch this, though, as if I don't know what the twist is. And I want to pay attention to the sleights of hand where M. Night Shyamalan does let on to the idea that, yes, th- there is going to be a twist, but I'm going to play it so low-key and so subtle that you're not even going to notice that there is a twist coming. And just playing around with that and seeing the little tricks that he does with the Malcolm character. Hey, by the way, everyone that's listening, if you don't know it by now, Malcolm is dead. He's a ghost. (laughs) Spoiler alert for a 20-year-old movie. Okay? Just throwing that out there. And I'm really, really sorry if I'm coming across as obnoxious right now. But if you have not seen this movie, I don't know what to tell you at this point. Because like Dan said, everyone saw this movie when it came out. So, yeah, I, I definitely was paying attention a lot to what M. Night Shyamalan was doing, what he wasn't doing, and having a lot of fun in trying to catch if there, the sleight of hand was maybe a little too much or if it was too little. And, you know, like that that to me was a lot of fun on the second viewing. Oh, yeah. If, if you know the twist, it's so much fun to go through and see, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed because he basically puts it all out there but it's so subtle how he does it and and to this day and age you know if this movie came out today there would be a bunch of twitter reactions yep and written reviews and headlines and everything that would say you know the twist yeah the sixth sense has this big twist oh my god look out for the twist like we would then go into the movie looking for the twist and I do think that if you're looking for a twist, I think it's pretty easy to find it personally. But you got to put yourself in those shoes of this is 1999. Mm-hmm. This is pre-iPhone, pre-Twitter. Yeah, People are reading nothing but the newspaper, if anything, <laughs> you know, in one person's review of a movie before they decide to go see a movie. Yeah, I mean, it was an... I, I had not had the twist spoiled for me when I first saw it, but... I had had it spoiled that there was a twist. And, but even then, you know, it's one of those things where you're watching a movie and you're so engaged in the story it's telling that you don't want to look for the twist. You don't want to try to figure it out, you know? And especially since I, I thought one of the things that really stood out to me about this movie is that obviously the hook is that Cole sees dead people he sees ghosts and the movie is about him, the uh, malcolm bruce wilson's psychiatrist character trying to help him get the ghosts to go away but the movie doesn't actually spell out that cole that that is what is wrong quote unquote with cole until almost the halfway point mm-hmm. yeah which like that is a long time to sit on and like it's played, I mean, it's underplayed as a revelation, but it is supposed to be this like big moment in the script when he says this, I see people. And I mean, what's particularly brilliant about that is that the like two very short scenes after he says that is when we see the dead people from his perspective for the first time. And it is terrifying. I mean, 
the thing I always keep coming back to on this uh, second viewing was how, like you said, it's not even until like you get to the halfway point of the film that the horror elements really start to show. Yeah. And the first half an hour of this, I'm like, this is a drama. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is not a horror movie. And I and I started thinking once again, like if this was released today, this would have a C cinema score at best. At best. Mm-hmm. Because people would be walking into this thinking, oh my God, it's going to be this chilling, horrifying movie because that's what the marketing told yeah, me. Scary, and scary. It, what is this instead? I don't understand. Bruce Willis is trying to act. Like what? <laughs> you oh, <yeah>. know, <laughs> people would be so taken movie. aback by it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, Parm, uh, you know, do you think it works as a drama? Because I, I have to say that when we get to that final monologue that Bruce has uh, with his wife at the end of the film, I, I definitely, I mean, despite the faults I have with the film, I, I can see what M. Night Shyamalan is getting at and how this is actually a very beautiful story. Oh, absolutely. And I think that a lot of times some of the best horror movies out there are the ones that not that they trick you into not thinking that you're watching a horror movie, but really do underplay some of those elements so that you get caught up in the actual human drama of it. And you're right. One of the things that I noticed on this viewing was how long the movie kind of held its cards close to the chest in revealing more of the supernatural stuff. And I really appreciated that because it gave me time to ruminate with this world and what these characters were dealing with on an emotional level so that by the time it does make that flip, you're really even that much more invested in their plight because now suddenly things seem even more dangerous for them because now you care about them. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's, and especially now when M night Shyamalan gets criticized so much for his bluntness and storytelling, it was quite refreshing to see this movie for like a completely different perspective and really appreciate the time and the measured nature that this story unfolded. And I really came to greatly appreciate that. And I so, so loved just getting to spend time with these characters and all that this movie was doing. That's really the thing is that the characters are so well drawn that, and I mean, it gets you right. The hook, you know, the hook scene, that opening sort of prologue with Donnie Wahlberg, who is completely unrecognizable. Yeah. Like, yeah. even to this day, I still look at that and go, that that's not that's not him. Yeah, no, he was absolutely. I mean, it, it might be and, and a guy who has a very sketchy acting career. Yeah. That might be his finest moment <laughs> ever on the screen. Oh, is that opening absolutely. scene? Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very tense scene, and you don't really know exactly what's going to happen. And that was um, something that I also had a lot of fun with, too, on the second viewing, was noticing, um, you know, because I'm watching this also post-film school. Uh, You know, I'm watching how M. Night Shyamalan holds on to a lot of shots for a long time. And there's a lot of shots in this that just play out with no edits. Tak Fujimoto. Yes, Tak Fujimoto, 100%. You know, and what what it does, though, is it helped me to not only lean in a little bit on what was going on in the scene, like like you said before, pay attention to the characters and really get immersed in their uh, stories. But what it also did was it gave me a sense of tension because I know that this is a horror film. I know that there's a jump scare coming. So when 
Cole's mother is tucking him into bed and the camera is handheld and we're holding on to the shot for a long time. In my mind, I'm thinking at any moment the camera could pan left and there could be a jump scare just waiting to happen. <laughs> and I couldn't remember because it's been so long since I've seen the movie. But I do think that there is um, both a good understanding and and also trust in the actors to carry that screenplay through and it also shows that he has a very firm control over the storytelling itself to have the patience to let the story unfold the way that it does absolutely and and it's so it, it, just to get invested in that world was something that i didn't really expect to watch cuz like you said Matt we're so conditioned now for horror movies to have this kind of expectation for uh, very heightened moments of just jump scares or startling you. And to watch a movie that disregards much of that to just get into these very quiet moments and slowly build up that tension is just such a great thing to watch. And it's really handled by a very competent filmmaker here. That's uh, certainly the case. Yeah, it it's one of those movies that achieve that falls into horror not so much because of the jump scares or although those are present and they work really well, it's more about just ramping things up to a level of intensity so high that you're lit, sitting in your chair rocking back and forth going, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, make it stop." And you know why, too? Part of the reason for that is because we care about this little kid yes. so much. And mm. Haley Joel Osment is so good. I oh. did a Insta Instagram Live recording when I was watching the movie this time around. And I'm interacting with some people as I'm watching the film. But every single time he was talking or just on screen, I was glued to everything that this kid was doing. This is one of the finest child performances I have ever seen in a movie. Without ever. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he has a maturity that is so beyond his years. I mean, there's there's even a moment where, and I actually think it's a little unintentionally hilarious, where Malcolm enters the church and he doesn't know where Cole is and Cole's, like, up in the rafters. And, like, he says something along the lines of, like, you know... What are you doing here? And but like the way that he's like carrying himself is like that of an adult, not as a child. Like he just has a presence that can make Bruce Willis look like the child almost in their <laughs> yeah. scenes together. It's unbelievable the uh, the presence that he has. And also that he's not somebody that feels like that performance is being overly manipulative either it yes. feels very natural too and to have that kind of a presence in a child actor that feels so aware of what exactly to bring dramatically and emotionally to a scene and not have it feel like it's going over the top like some child actors can do that is an incredible thing to pull off and it's even to this day, I think it remains one of the greatest young youth performances ever seen in a movie. Yeah, it's it's not overly directed. It's very subtle. I I mean, look at his eyes are so big and round and expressive, and you can see 
like the level of trust that he and Shyamalan had in each other and mm-hmm. even him and Bruce Willis and Tony Collette, like the chemistry with all of, with the other actors that he has is so good. Like I know Bruce Willis gets top marketing because you know, he's Bruce right. Willis. He the sold star. the movie yeah. in many ways. Um, but Haley Joel Osment is the one who steals the movie hands down and got the Oscar nomination, <laughs> got the Oscar nomination, which is insane for how old was he? 10. When he did this? Yeah, 10 years old. I mean, very young. And you know what? To say, uh, to piggyback on what you said before about how it didn't come off as manipulative, I I believed in that performance that it came from him because mm-hmm. there was such an organic quality to that performance that was both, um, when you think of, I don't know, I'm just trying to, like, like if you could think of other performances and, and beats, you know, like actors will sometimes follow certain beats in line readings and how they're supposed to deliver certain lines and with what flexion of voice, what, you know, how much emotion and so on and so forth. And before the line is even said, like when Bruce Willis says something and delivers a line to Haley Joel Osment, I can almost have an idea in my head of how the actor will take that line that's being fed to him by Bruce Willis and respond. Are you guys following what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. But what Haley Joel Osment does is he doesn't, ever do that his choices as an actor continuously surprised me throughout i just i was completely gobsmacked by it and he does horrified extremely well like when he's scared shitless about something oh man yeah he when he like his whole body shakes and it does not feel actorly at all it feels like this scared kid who does not know what to do and is terrified for his life it there's the um this the scene um when he wakes up in the middle of the night and is standing in his doorway and you the camera pulls back and you can say oh he has to go to the bathroom but he's scared too like (laughs) that moment is like so real it's so <laughs> so real like we've all had that moment as a kid right oh absolutely scared and it doesn't feel like he's playing a part it feels like he is really just scared shitless and really has to be <laughs> hey everyone sorry to interrupt but this is a preview of the full review of the 1999 film the sixth sense here on the next best picture podcast in order to get the full review you will have to head on over to our patreon page where for one dollar minimum a month you can get this review along with other exclusive podcast content thank you so much for listening to the next best picture podcast you can subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud google play stitcher tune in player fm acast Castbox, and newly on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. Head on over to that Patreon page. Like I said before, we really appreciate all the feedback and support that you can offer us. Thank you once again for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Next time.